Welcome to Only Believe at Urbana. It's another wonderful Sunday, amen? How about we try that again? It's another wonderful Sunday, amen? Hey, there you go. All right, live stream. By the way, if you're checking on live stream, I know we got a handful of people that are out today traveling and whatnot. It's good to see you this morning if you're checking your live stream. And by the way, uh, I know Rick and Tish are watching this morning. All right, so hi, Rick and Tish. It's good to see you. He's improving, is that right? Uh, he's improving, they moved him. He's more in rehab now and recovery. So we're still praying, Rick, and believing we're gonna see you soon. Anyways. Amen. Amen. All right, well, it's good to have you. Uh, today, we do have kids in with us for worship, so make sure your kids are with you for our time of worship. Uh, by the way, next week, next week is Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it's one big family Sunday next Sunday, which is a, a, one of our highlights where our kids with the earth for the whole service, and they participate in the service, so that's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to one big family Sunday next week. But having said that, we're going to spend time, as we always do, in worship this morning for a few moments. And it's so important that we as a body of believers unite together in our worship. Yeah, how many know that there's strength in our praise? How many know that? There's strength in it. And, and not only when you do that as an individual, but, but how much more when we come together and do it in unity? Amen? That we're here together, we're, we're witness that we believe. And I know, I know that we say this sometimes, but remember, this morning, this car just drove by, just saw it go down the street. They probably saw cars around the church here. They probably saw our windows open. There's light coming out. We are a community of believers that when we gather together, we're a witness to the world that we believe in Jesus. Amen? Amen. And in such a way that we're inviting, say, hey, come on in. Let's see what God's up to. Come be a part of what God is doing. Amen? But we stand in that in our worship together. So if we worship today, I don't know what happened this week, whether it was a good week, bad week, normal week, busy week, slow week, whatever. Whatever week you had, I want you to just kind of put those things down and put yourself with God together this morning. Join together with, with, with our song, with our hands raised, with our hands clapped, bowing down, whatever you'd like to do. But an expression of praise and worship to our God as we do it together. Amen? How about we stand up on our feet? Lord Jesus, I praise you today and I worship you today. You are highly exalted because the sun came up this morning, we're praising you. Because the sun came up today as a testimony to your faithfulness, we are learning to grow in faithfulness towards you. I pray as we are unified together in our worship, it's pleasing to you, we know it is, and that you inhabit this praise, your spirit is with us in a tangible way. To touch each one of us right where we're at this morning, but also, Lord, touch us together as a growing body of believers doing this thing called Christianity together. We praise you today and we worship you for your glory in Jesus' name.
God of wonders. Your power has no
chains hit the ground. Oh, God of revival, pour it out. The darkest night, and you can light it up.
we're so glad to have you here with us this morning. We would love for you to just go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. second to get back up here. But I'm glad you guys like each other a little bit at least. That's good. While we're waiting for that, don't forget, on the back table you have uh, two different cards back there. One says praise on it. So if you got a praise report and you want to let me know about it, I'd love to hear about it. So go ahead and write that down and give it to me. Maybe, maybe we'll have you share about it. And then the other side of it is uh, if you have a prayer request that you'd like uh, me to pray about or have the church pray about, you can specify if it's one or the other. You can write that down and turn that into me also. So what we'd like to see is these come in, then eventually have these. You know what I'm saying? We start here, then we get here. Because we, we do this in faith and we believe, right? 
And God's faithful to hear you and the things you pray don't return void, and then we get here. Amen. Anyways. Where's Tori at? Tori's got offering this morning. Let's give Tori a little clap as she comes up this morning. Come on, step off this side here. I think you're on there. Good morning. How many of you guys are thankful that God has broken a stronghold in your life and a generational curse has stopped with you? Amen. Amen. I just want to encourage you guys that when we bring our offering, that it's really like this small compared to what God has already done for us. He gave us the cross. We're thankful for the cross. He gave us eternal life. We, he did all of the work. We just have to accept it. So our little tiny 10%, I mean, really isn't much compared to the greatness of God. So I'm just going to pray over the tithe and offering. Father, we're just so thankful for you, and we know that your word says that if we seek you first, that all of our needs would be met. And God, we're just so thankful that you are so good that you don't just meet our needs, but you exceed our needs. Father, you give us the desires of our heart. All we have to do is seek you to put you first, set our hearts on you. And we just thank you that as we give today that you take our offering, that you do what only you can do with it, that you further your kingdom with it, that Amen. no person in this church would have a need, that every need would be met by the offerings that are offered today, Father, that you would take care of the people in our church, that we would take care of the people in this city, mm -hmm. that we would take care of the people, your children, in your kingdom, Father. So do what you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Tori. Bring it on down if you have something this morning. Thank, thank you. Good job. All right, some, uh, some announcements quick as you guys are bringing your offering. Uh, let's see. Don't forget prayer tomorrow night from 6 to 7. Amen. We're a church that prays. If we don't pray, then, oh boy, we got to pray, people. So we come together uh, on Mondays from 6 to 7 to do that. So if you've never been to a church-wide prayer, come on out. Uh, this Wednesday is youth hangout night, so 5th through 12th grade during church this Wednesday, you have a youth uh, and then next Sunday, as I said, the beginning of service is one big family Sunday, so uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, two weeks from today, water baptism. So if you are saved, but you've never been water baptized, as, as the scripture uh, commands and teaches us to do, it's one of the two great sacraments of the church, water baptism and the Eucharist or communion, which we are, are partaking at the end of service today. So if you've never been water baptized, sign up and, and I'll contact you and we'll talk about it. And let's see, I think... I think that's it. All right, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and get it out. I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, yeah, BBS, uh, Vacation Bible School, um, June 26th to 28th, about a, a month from next week. If you're interested in helping out, we need lots of volunteers for our BBS. Uh, and it's a great night. Lots of kids come out. Um, there's a sign-up sheet on the back table. Please sign up, and we'll kind of give you more of the gist of what that's about as we get closer. But we need a bunch of volunteers to facilitate uh, those three nights. And may maybe you can't make all three. You can make one or two. That's great. We, we need to help as much as we can get it. So sign up at the back for that. All right. If you've got your Bibles. Psalm 25. We've been kind of jumping in and out of Psalm 25 over the last... Uh, two or three weeks on Sundays and Wednesdays. We're in a series called Ways That Keep Us on the Way. That we have 
a life to live on the way that is Jesus, but he teaches us a way to live. The Christian life is a life that follows him. I, and, and I've been saying this, but I really want you to catch my heart. I'm very interested in lives that are shaped and transformed and formed as we follow Jesus on his way. I'm not into superficial Christianity. I'm not into surface Christianity. There is a deep work of God that will work in you to make you what he intends you to be. You don't just follow Jesus. You do, and you should every day. But when you follow Jesus, he's interested in molding you and shaping you. You know that? I'm glad that he meets me right where I am today. But I'm also glad that he's taking me somewhere. He just doesn't leave me as he finds me. That whole thing we talk about, new life, abundant life, new creation lived out, all that is, in other words, is saying that he's taking me somewhere. He's got a life for me, a life of abundance, what it means to be not only forgiven of my sin, but set free from sin. When we're set free from sin, now there is a way to live. He doesn't leave me where I'm at. And he calls us to live on a way. And the early church was called the way. They called themselves as those on the way. Even before they were called Christians, they were called as those on the way. Obviously, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. But embodying there is a life to live if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus. Now, how many of you call yourself a disciple? Let me see. Raise your hand. Okay. Now, you can call yourself a Christian but not really be a disciple. You know that? Don't get caught up in your stats. I'm glad you're staying. You're seated with him in heavenly places. Isn't that right? You're in him. He's in you, that whole business. Yeah, you're saved. You're a Christian. But discipleship is learning from him. And in turn, then growing. Because you can't learn from him and then have the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life and not grow. Because that's a, a tree produces fruit. Something happens. There's something going on. Discipleship is learning from a master. And our master is Jesus, right? And it's, I, I said this every week in this series. Let me say it again. As long as I've, I've been a Christian since I've been 17 years old, I've been doing this a while. But I've never got to the place where I'm not an apprentice learning from the master. It never stops. I'm always learning, I'm always growing, I'm being challenged. There's, time, there's times I wrestle with him about stuff. I don't get it, so, man, we, 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 I just kind of wrestle with him and let him grab me and, and, and twist me around a little bit, you know? But there's always a process happening with me. Sometimes I'm very aware of it, and sometimes I'm not. And the, and the Christian life, the growing of the Christian life, as we see uh, embodied when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, it's like a plant that grows, right? It's like yeast being worked through the dough, right? It, it's more about subtle growth in your life than big, booming fireworks. I think we like the fireworks. That's fine. That's, that's nice. Sometimes they happen. But it's more about this, this consistent growth, maybe sometimes in fits and starts, like a plant growing in you, like the yeast working through the dough. God is doing something in you. 
but it's this everyday decision of following him that allows discipleship to happen, okay? We're learning from the master, and that is Jesus. So ways that keep us on the way, we've been talking about uh, characteristics, attributes, whatever you want to call them, that we must have in order to stay on the way for the long term. I'm not interested in like the parable of the sower where you got some of the seeds sown and it doesn't produce the harvest at the end. The word doesn't take or the word grows up too fast and it gets choked by other things and it just, it just the plant dies. I'm not interested in Christianity dying in somebody's life. I'm interested as a pastor in long-term discipleship. We keep saying that, long-term, lifelong, life-lasting learning from the master. Amen. So ways that keep us on the way, we talked about obedience. And, of course, then last week we talked about dependence. So we need to learn how to obey and, in turn, learn how to depend on him. Now, what I want to get at today is connected to those things. So Psalm 25 I encourage you, if you missed the Wednesday night, we, we talked about this psalm, to jump into it this week and read it. Mark that down, Psalm 25. But let me pull one part of this psalm out, Psalm 25 and verse number 9. It says, he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimony. That word humble, humility, listen to me, it is giant in the kingdom of God. Giant. If you just plug in, if you get on something like BibleGateway.com, you ever been on there? You, you go to BibleGateway.com, they got a zillion uh, of the Bible translations. You can put in the word humble and hit the search. It'll bring up every verse in the Bible that has the word humble in it. You'll find quite a bit. Humble humility is big in the kingdom of God. And at times, the Bible contrasts humility and what? Pride. Jesus, he was a stickler about pride, by the way. We'll get into that in a minute. But humility is giant in the kingdom of God as opposed then to pride. So to be humble is to have a proper view of yourself in the grand scheme of things. Now, who are you created in the image of God, the likeness of God, with gifts, talents, abilities, all those different things? You were created with purpose, but yet... You never leave the status of being created by the creator. You always will be the creation. That should always be in the place of worshiping the creator. So humility has to do with the proper view of oneself. There's a place in the Bible that says this, it's straight out. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. That's big, okay? And... It comes in, in two different ways. Our relation to God and then ultimately, because remember, everything that God does in you has impact this way. It has to do with other people too. So humility impacts your relation with God, but then it impacts your relationship with other people. So let's talk about that a little bit. Humility 
is the ability or the attitude or the way you perceive things that puts you in the place of being led, a place of learning. Notice that, that psalm we read. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. So if you're not humble, you will find yourself in a place where you're not being led and not being taught. One of the greatest attributes and characteristics that Christians have is always being teachable. Never, ever, ever find yourself in a place where you're not teachable. I don't care how long you've been doing it. I don't care the successes of your life. I don't care the mountains that you move by your faith. That's great. But never stop being teachable. You put yourself in a place where you will obey God and be dependent upon him. It helps keep you on the way. In other words, when you are humble, you will allow God to teach you. You will allow God to guide you. You will allow God to show you his way, which is the kingdom way. Now, Psalm chapter 10. I love you find a lot of this stuff in the psalm. Psalm chapter 10 and verse number 4. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. Talking about God. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Pride, pride is the root of so much sin. You know that. Pride is sneaky, by the way. Often you don't feel like you're prideful, but it shows up in certain ways. It's very sneaky. I, when, when I envision pride, I actually envision kind of a snake. All right, It's very sneaky, very subtle. How pride works in through things. Ultimately, pride brings you to a place where you're not obeying God. You're not depending upon him. Therefore, you're not living in his ways and being taught by him. Now, there's an ultimate pride that says like the psalm, there is no God. He does not exist. And when you don't believe God exists, then you just live life how you want to. You come up with your own right and wrong, right? You live as you determine the best way. But remember, Jesus and his way is the best way. You know, you know, you know if there was no God, anything is permissible. You know that? Anything's permissible, really. And, and man simply just decides what is right and wrong, and that will always fall short of God and his glory and the way that he intends. So pride shows up in, in I think, in different ways, you know. Um, Again, you become unteachable. Pride shows up in, in, it shows up a lot in criticism of other people. Judgmental attitudes. Pride shows up there. Pride shows up self-promotion. Pride shows up in uh, putting your interest in front of the interests of others. Pride shows up that you're too good for certain people certain tasks. Pride shows up in that maybe you know it all. I don't know, but it shows up in a lot of different ways. Pride is something that takes you away from God. Ultimately, you may not be saying there is no God, but you may be living outside of him anyways, and it's sort of the same thing. 
You, you may acknowledge God exists and know this is the way he's calling you, but then you do it a different way. What is that? Somehow, someway, you knew better than God. Ultimately, at the root of pride. That what God said doesn't fit this situation. So I have an excuse not to do what God has said. That's pride. Now, we may not think of it that way, but it actually is rooted in pride. You don't have to go there, but, but Proverbs 18, 12 says that God honors those who are humble. There, there is a honoring to the humble. So John chapter 13, let, let, let's go there. So one of the ways that keeps us on the way is the fact that we learn a place of humility that constantly puts us at the feet of God, the feet of Jesus, allowing the activity of the Holy Spirit to work in you. How many of you have ever been confronted by the Holy Spirit about something that, that right away you didn't agree with it? Let me see. I, I, saw, I want to see hands. I saw some hit. Okay. What did you do when you didn't disagree or when you did disagree? Did you keep on your own way? Or did you finally submit to the way of the Holy Spirit? What is happening in you? There's a wrestling of humility and pride right there. There's, there's a wrestling. This is what God has said. This is what has been revealed to me by revelation. This was the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But yet, I like my way. There's a wrestling there. Are we going to humble ourselves and submit to the way of God, the revelation of God, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, even when we don't like it, even if we don't understand even if it doesn't seem to produce the success that we think it, that we're looking for, are, are you going to submit? That's an issue of humility and pride. So John chapter 13, and verse number one, says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew his hour had come, he departed out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And during supper, when the devil had already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray G him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, it goes into to Peter not having this and not wanting it, and Jesus saying something, and he's just, okay, give it all to me, my head as well. And jump down to verse number, let's see, 15. After he does this, this is what Jesus says, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. 
If you know these things, blessed, how many of you want to be blessed? Blessed are you if you do them. Oh my. Okay. You got you to think what's going on here. You've got God in flesh. This is Jesus. This is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. John 1 says, in him all things were created. Everything that has been made was created through him. And he, Jesus, Son of God, creator of all things, the giver of life, says, let me show you an example of how to live. He gets the disciples there, including the one who would betray him, and he, he, gets, he gets down on his knees and washes their feet. Then, then he says something as big as, now if you do this kind of stuff, you are going to be blessed. See that? The, the Bible uh, in Philippians 2 talks about that Jesus in humility became obedient even to death on the cross. How is the kingdom of God uh, enacted through a humble obedience by the Son of God. See that? Jesus humbly accepted his purpose to go to a cross and die, which he did. But before he got there, in the best way he could, he showed the disciples, and you must live this same humility in life towards other people. He gets down on his knees, and he washes his disciples' feet. He notes, he says, I am giving you an example of how to live the Christian life. One of the ways that you stay on the way long term is learning how to be humble before God and staying teachable. But when he teaches us things like this, to live it and do it. Because remember, right relationship this way teaches us right relationship this way. When you learn how to relate to God properly, then he teaches you how to relate to other people. And when you humbly submit yourself to God. Now, notice, notice uh, uh, Peter. Peter wasn't having it, was he? We didn't read that part, but Peter said, hey, no, 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 I, I don't want you to do this to me. And Jesus says, if you don't allow me to do this, you have no part of me. And Peter's like, well, hey, on my head as well, my whole body, Right? If you have part of Jesus, he's teaching you an example of being humble before God, being obedient to the cross, but learning what it means to live in humility towards other people. Now, it don't matter who's sitting in the chair around you. And we can say this because Judas was there. Okay? You know, the betrayer, the betrayer was there. You don't get to qualify who you live in humility towards. For even the one that betrays your very soul to death was sitting there. Jesus sets an example to be humble in humility before them and wash their feet. 
You see that? That the kingdom life is an example of Jesus to the cross, a way of humility. I know we don't like to hear this. I know that. But it's what Jesus has called us to. Therefore, we cannot ignore it. There are, listen, there are words in the Bible like humble, uh, like meek, like in the fruit of the spirit, gentle, right? They're there. I think what we like to do sometimes because we see the straight out meaning of these words, we go, ooh, I don't know. And we like to redefine them in a certain way. I am meek, but in this way. How about you stop in this way and say, I'm going to learn how to be meek. Yes, I'll be humble, but I'll be humble in this way. Well, you got to get rid of in this way and learn how to be humble. I'll be gentle, but as long as it's, uh, it, you know, I'm not going to go there, but in this way. How about you remove in this way and learn how to be gentle? This is the way of the kingdom. Why would we try to live the Christian life in a different way that Jesus did it himself? We got to learn from the master. Be discipled by him. And he lived a life of humility. Even, even when he stood before his accusers, didn't even defend himself. Found himself on a cross for the sake of the kingdom. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 12. Ways that keep us on the way, we have to learn how to be humble. Colossians 3, 12. Put on them. Paul writing here, put it on. Thank goodness y'all put some clothes on before you came to church today. You know, I'm, I'm thankful. All right. You put something on. Some of you put on some hairspray, some of y'all did some makeup, some of y'all did your glasses, you got shoes on, except Lorelai. Everybody else got shoes on here. We put clothes on today. Listen to me. You see what Paul's saying? You actively do this and work on this. It's not like you, you, you get up. Wouldn't this be amazing? I hope technology, I know some of you are scary about technology. You know technology I would buy if I got up, hit a button, and poof, my clothes just came in like Iron Man. I'm ready to go. That'd be amazing. I don't have much hair to deal with, but my, if it did my hair, you know, I, I would love it. I'd just stand there. I'm ready to go to work. Be amazing. We're not there yet. I had to get ready today. Paul is encouraging what he's about to say. You've got to be active in putting this on or putting this into your life because generally it's not naturally there, right? Watch, watch what he says. Put on then as God's chosen ones. How many of you are a chosen one of God? Okay, that's everybody. Holy and beloved, watch this. Compassionate hearts. Kindness. Humility, there, there's our word today, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of God rule your hearts 
to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. That's a list of words. It's almost like through the spirit, but in a different way. That is a list of words that doesn't come naturally. And you've got to learn to put it on in Christ Jesus. It happens because you let him rule your hearts. You see? That he is my master, he is my Lord, therefore I will live his way even if I don't like it. So when I see I've got to be humble, if there's anything inside of me that's like, I don't know about that, now pride is starting to push back against this humility thing, and I've got to choose the Jesus way. That we would serve God and serve others with a humble heart. Luke chapter 22. Here, here's something about the disciples. The disciples amaze me sometimes. Luke 22. This, this is one of those times when I read something about the disciples, I'm like, oh my goodness. But yet, I don't, I don't think it's uh, too uncommon. Luke 22 and verse number 24. But I get there. That'd be good. There we go. All right. Watch this. A dispute also arose among them, the disciples, as to which of them was regarded as the greatest. You see that? You've got the disciples starting to argue amongst themselves, who's the greatest? Now, how long have these guys been with Jesus? You know what I'm saying? Who, who is the greatest? Now watch this. And Jesus not being unaware... And Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you be, become as the youngest or the least. And the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. See that? They're arguing about who's the greatest, and Jesus knows. And this happens more than one time, by the way. Okay, if you read through the Gospels, there's two different occasions they do this. And Jesus knows what's going on. He's saying, okay, look. Yeah, yeah, the systems of government, yeah, they rule over people and tell people what to do. Okay, great, whatever. But if you want to be great, learn how to be the least of these. Jesus defines the word great as being servant. You know what great is in the kingdom is? Being a servant. You know what great in the kingdom is? Being the least of these. You know what great is the kingdom is? Serving. Putting yourself below other people. That, that's humility. If you want to do great things, we hear the word great thrown around a lot. Take that word great and define it by Jesus. What did Jesus say great is? Being the least of these. Being the servant. Why? Because we think the one that reclines at the table and somebody serves them is greater. But Jesus is saying, I have come to serve and this is the Christian way. 
Don't seek being somebody important. Don't seek being a, a, a big person in the kingdom. Don't seek being a superstar. Don't seek having authority and telling people what to do. Seek what it means to serve others in humility. You see what I mean? That's the kingdom way. And that is hard. It's not easy. Proverbs 16, 18. There's so many of these in the Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 18. I've, I've got a couple more verses. We'll close up and, and take communion together. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. If you can't live in humility and pride creeps in there, eventually it will bring destruction. Do you know why? One of the reasons why the world will be judged and the systems of the world will be judged is because of pride. You know that? A haughty spirit, in other words, the way of being, will eventually bring a fall. 1 Peter chapter 5. Last one, and I'll close up. And let's see. Verse number four. 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd appears at Jesus, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Close yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. If you're too busy trying to exalt yourself, you'll be humble. If you wait for him to exalt you, he'll do it in the proper way, in the proper time, at the coming of the kingdom and the resurrection. And then the meek will inherit the earth. See that? Let's start praying. Dangerous prayer here. Lord, teach me how to be humble. Lord, Lord, root out any pride that's sneaking around in my life. See that? You start, you start praying a dangerous prayer like that, here, here's what will happen. You, you'll be somewhere, and you'll show up in something like this, and somebody will walk past you, and for some reason, what you saw, you, you judge them in your mind. How many of you want to talk about? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will convict you. That was wrong. That was prideful. And he'll start working on you little things like that. That person, listen to me, that person whom you judged is the person that Jesus would have rather you sat them down and washed their feet. Isn't that right? Can, can we learn to be, that will help keep us on this way. Because, because we will constantly be submissive to God and his direction. Keep us on the way. And in that, then the unity of, of believers first off in the church but then the right attitude towards those outside the church because we take the gospel to them. Humility helps keep us on the way. Amen?
Let's be humble people. Put, put it on, clothe yourself. Pray, pray, pray it into your life. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit or list like this, I pray, Lord, help me be patient because I'm not. Lord, help me be gentle because there's times I'm harsh. Lord, help me because I need help. I'm, listen, remember last week, dependency. I, he needs to help me. I've got to be dependent upon him because I can't do this without him. Help me because this is hard. Remember, the narrow road is not always easy. It sometimes can be hard. But do you realize when, when you begin to see this kind of fruit grow from your life, do you realize how freeing that is? you realize that? There's a freedom you find. It is freeing when you don't judge people. You know that? It's, it's freeing when there's no task above you. Right? It frees you into an abundance of life if we can learn these things and put them on with the help of the Holy Spirit, produce them. Amen? Guys, gentlemen, come and uh, bring our communion out. First Corinthians 10, verse number 14. says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people, judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we blessed is a not participation in the blood of Christ. And the bread that we break is a not participation in the body of Christ. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake the one bread. In other words, Paul's dealing with unity here. That this is not just for me, but this is for us together. So part of being the body of Christ is that we are brought together by him, by his work on the cross, and in him there is no Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. That's Galatians chapter 3. The pride of division and categories and favoritism is not a part of the body of Christ. See that? Now, when we come together... Yes, this is for you, but it's for us together because it's one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one spirit, that whole, that whole thing. You can't, you can't in fullness participate in communion when you have pride in your heart that causes division and judgment and categories and favoritism. You know that? Because the humility of Jesus that he lived in, that he went to the cross, that produces what we take and remember today is of humility and you must take it in the same manner. Amen. We are unified in what we believe.
Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 4, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belonged to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. One. And we partake of that in humility, in unity, together. Amen. So if you'd like to partake today, you may. If you would, you'd stand up on your feet and, and come down and center aisle, filter back and uh, pick up the elements and we'll, we'll pray and partake together. Lord, Lord, we thank you. For your act of obedience. Of going to a cross for our sins in our place to do the work that we could not do. You paid a penalty for our sins as individuals, as a collective whole. For, for all of humanity, it was a, it was a big work. So we receive it as individuals and we receive it as a whole, together, for those who choose to call on your name. We thank you for a broken body, fully human, that was crucified on that cross. That wage of, of sin, which is death, you fulfilled it in a perfect sacrifice, once and done, no more need for it. For you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We thank you for dying on that cross. In our place, each one of us. And we partake of this bread this morning in remembrance of that. Partake together. And what, 
your body crucified, your blood was shed. And the blood of Jesus that covers our sins, it washes away our sins. It washes away our sins to remembrance no more, as far as the east is from the west. We thank you for your forgiveness. The grace and the mercy that flows into our lives. To bring reconciliation. Right relationship with God through you, the way. Lord, we thank you for your blood. And we partake of it in remembrance that it was spilt for our sins. Partake of the cup together. Just kind of raise your hands up if you want to. Just thank him for what he has done for you. Lord, we thank you for forgiving our sins, for giving us new life, abundant life, life as you intend us. Thank you for showing us the way, not leaving us just as we are. Thank you, Lord, for the goodness of who you are. We thank you. Lord, help us, lead us, guide us. We, we need you. We want to be dependent upon you. We want to live in you and by you and for you in all things, all areas of our life, Lord. Help us. We our, are yours. We are yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, be blessed. I forgot. Joy Fellowship is meeting today at 5 o'clock in the basement. That is, anybody can come to that if you want to. They, they just like to hang out, eat food, and talk about the Bible, which is good. So, if you have questions, see Bill and Patsy about that. All right, it's 5 o'clock today. But if you left as you go, have a great, great week, Wednesday night, next Sunday. Invite a friend.